Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rookies Podcast. My name is Olivia Sala. Joining me is, of course, my co-host, Alize Tamal. And on today's episode, we have three very special guests with us, starting with the Vice President of Ticketing and Hospitality for York United FC, Brittany Arner, the Manager of Ticket Sales and Service for Cosmos Sports and Entertainment, Jonathan Stiles, and Account Executive for Cosmos Sports Internship Program, Ryan Lewis, to discuss the impacts of COVID-19 on the soccer landscape in Canada and what it's been like for them having to run a team during a pandemic. So welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited to get into today's topic to hopefully gain some insight into the relationship between Cosmos and York United. But before we get into the questions here, I wanted to ask each of you if you could maybe give a 60 second introduction into who you are and what your role with Cosmos and York United entails. Maybe Brittany, we'll start with you. Sure, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So yeah, my name is Brittany, Vice President of Ticketing and Hospitality at York United. Um, I've been with the league, the Canadian Premier League, for uh, almost three years now, since its inception, uh, working for a couple of different teams across the league, including Winnipeg and uh, Pacific. But I got here in uh, September, and it's been a wild ride in the last 12 months. <laughs> and uh, soccer, this Canadian sports industry in general, has been flipped upside down and we have had so many different experiences over the last 12 months that uh, there's way too much to talk about in 30 minutes that's for sure <laughs> awesome maybe john will we'll go to you next sure i don't know if i'm going to reach the the 60 second threshold but uh my name is john i'm the manager of ticket sales and service or at cosmos um, you know, mainly involved with uh, the ticket sales accounts that, uh, that Cosmos has, whether it's, you know, starting my career with the, with the K-Days accounts um, and, you know, just to the orchestras, the, you know, Brampton Beast, um, and finally York United um, as well, where I'm, you know, just working hard to give, uh, give the sales team as much support as they possibly can um, to reach our goals here. Fantastic. And Ryan, you're last up there. Yep. So uh, my name is Ryan Lewis. I'm an intern at Cosmos, currently as an account executive position. And yeah, I've this this past couple two months, I've been working sort of in the the York United um, role and helping out with the York United team, as well as helping with my supervisors John and and Evan, um, working sort of with them regarding B2B researching, outreach, as well as even single ticket and, and seasonal ticket calling. And and I've been loving it. I've been thinking I've been getting a lot of experiences. I've also been part of the training sessions by Carrie, and and I've just been loving it as an intern so far. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, like I said before, we're excited to have you all on here um, to talk about soccer. So what I want to do um, is kind of go back, though, to when the pandemic first hit. And uh, what were your initial thoughts or reactions as professionals working in the sports industry or for you, Ryan, someone who is just kind of trying to get their start um, in the industry? Uh, what, what were your, your thoughts and reactions uh, to everything that kind of happened last uh, March? 
Well, I, I would say for me, um, being that it was sort of coming to the end of my, my third year at Brock University, um, I noticed it was a, a crazy sort of life shock and switch. Um, sort of being as a student, it's, it's hard to get the full experience um, in, and especially in sport management, uh, when you're not in person and you're not with the people that you uh, study and work with. So I definitely say it, it did sort of give me that culture shock. And in regards to soccer, uh, being an avid soccer fan, um, both internationally and in Canada and North America, um, I thought it, it did affect it like crazy. Um, I didn't necessarily know too much about the, the in-fan attendances and, and how it affected that too well, but uh, just from seeing the way some of these leagues sort of treated it, it, it seemed like it, it, it made a big hit on, uh, on uh, the sport of soccer just in general. Um, yeah. My uh, my first thought when uh, you know it was like March tenth. I think we we really entered the the real serious part of the lockdown. Um, you know, obviously we had we'd been hearing about the the coronavirus since like I think this early December um, overseas and, and in China and whatnot. Um, but you know, sitting there on March tenth, my expectation was is going to be two weeks and we we're going to be um, we we're going to be back at it. Delay the games that we needed to push everything back two weeks, um, and then we'd be fine. That was my first thought. Um, obviously not the case. And for us, I mean, at the time I was working in Winnipeg, uh, working for Valor FC and the Blue Bombers, uh, which is the same entity. And kind of the same to, to John's point was that, you know, it kind of really hit home when the NBA decided to shut down their games. And we were like, oh, this is legit. So, you know, that was when, you know, when we weren't in season at the time for either soccer or football. So it was just kind of like, We'll take it a day at a time you know we had to cancel some events we had to you know postpone a few things but it really didn't hit us until this time last year <laughs> like almost exactly to the day where we shut down the office everything just kind of you know went crazy a little bit and our biggest focus at that time was to maintain our communications with our fans because we didn't know what was going on but neither did our fans and we had to have that illusion of confidence that we were going to move forward with our seasons no matter what happened and unfortunately for neither the cfl nor the cpl a normal season did not happen for either of them um but we were just kind of rolling with the punches and the best thing about it was that our fans were super super um okay with it they were just understanding and they were like thanks for checking in and we just really appreciate the fact that you were just calling us to, to, to say hello and to say that we're still thinking about you and that you're our number one priority. So that was really comforting to see in the chaos that was not knowing what was gonna happen. So Brittany, as you said, um, the pandemic, it was just very unexpected and it turned um, your whole operations upside down, as you said, the whole industry. Uh, so I wanna talk about more of like, um, how did it affect specifically your operations? How did the pandemic uh, affect it and what, what did it change? From a club perspective, obviously everything changed. We were all supposed to be in the office, at the stadium, getting ready for the season. Um, from a sales perspective, we were all like, we were just getting into, um, you know, the, the peak kind of off season, season seat sales and moving into flex packs and uh, group sales. We kind of just shut that down. 
Um, and then we physically left the building and I didn't see another human being for months, it seemed. Um, but, you know, I had a team of uh, seven reps plus two or uh, three managers. And it was just that um, realizing that you needed to change your communications. And it wasn't about the powwows at 8.30 every morning. You know, um, it was now about daily emails and Zooms every couple of days to make sure that everybody's on topic. And then being super, super structured about what our daily tasks were going to be and then what we were gonna do moving forward. We didn't know what the long game was gonna be, but we could at the very least be very uh, conscious about what we were going to do on a daily basis to keep us from falling behind when things were going to get back together. Uh, that's really, it's really hard to, you know, not knowing when things will get better and, you know, not knowing what to do at the time. Uh, what about the, like, state the safety measurements you took to keep your staff safe at the time and your athletes safe? So, yeah, First things first was that we just shut down the offices completely and the stadium, like literally nobody was allowed in um, and thankfully off season. So spring training wasn't supposed to start until the beginning of March anyways. Um, so they had, I think they were on day two or something when we <laughs> shut down. So um, it wasn't too bad. Um, so from a, an operation standpoint, the coaching and training staff had to come up with one-on-one -on -one and like at home training that was very similar to their on-field training, their team training, so that they could stay fit at home um, and doing what they could. Um, and, then, and then from a, a staff perspective, um, we did want to eventually get back in to the office a little bit. And Manitoba was a little bit different than Ontario at the time. We didn't get hit until September. Um, we have very few cases right up until that point. Um, so, but we, we made every attempt to keep things shut down. And uh, our retail store was open at the time though, uh, almost throughout the entire thing. So we um, made all the, the safety precautions with the plexiglass when we could order it in and all the hand sanitizers and, um, you know, having our merchandise put in a quarantine box for a while. And, um, and we actually really tried to move towards um, more technology in our communications with our fans. So instead of them coming to the store, coming to the office, if they um, had some requests, we would make every attempt to, to keep that hands off. We, we ended up um, sending out our new jerseys to our fans. We hand delivered them instead of them coming to the office. And it was just that extra gesture, that extra customer service step that made our fans feel even more appreciated and safe. So we thought we did some pretty good things there. Sure. And um, so I know that the um, CPL, the league kind of did a shortened season in the fall um, in the September to kind of October months there. And I know, John, you were actually a part of that opening game that uh, uh, York 9, which was what you guys were called at the time, um, ended up starting out and playing. So can you maybe talk about what that um, experience was like for you and just kind of coming back to sports for like the first time really since uh, the, this whole thing started? Yeah, I, first of all, I think, you know, 
I think it was uh, it was early fall we started selling the the collective program that it was it was dubbed. Um, first of all, I was very thankful to be able to to sell something to get you know fans watching our our games. Um, and I think on the flip side of that, fans are were really thankful that you know we're going to have some sort of season. Um, the way it worked out is similar to a, a lot of leagues. You know, it got later in the year. We wanted a season, and the league wanted a season, um, and they ended up doing a a, a two week shortened stint. Um, in PEI, which, you know, worked out great. There's no cases, thank goodness. Um, and it worked out awesome where we're able to, you know, we were able to, to sell a uh, streaming membership as well as a, a little bit of merch. A jersey came along with the collective. Um, and, you know, I think it was, a, it was a good hit. People enjoyed it. You know, we got coverage on CBC. It was, it was very, very nice to, to have soccer in some sort of semblance that year. Awesome. And so for um, people like, Ryan, for, for example, from, from your perspective as someone who is just starting out in the industry and in an internship role, uh, what were some of the challenges that you have been facing um, in, in your role currently with, with the team and, and kind of speaking with, with B2B and, and reaching out to, to fans, that sort of thing? Well, one really interesting thing that um, I'm sort of learning as I'm going um, with York United is that with my B2B research and, and my outreach, um, a lot of the times I am scheduling meetings now on virtual, virtual settings and virtual meetings. So whether that be through Zoom or through Google Meet, um, I'm, I'm setting up these face-to-face, -face, although digitally, uh, meetings where I actually get to see their expression and see what they, their thoughts are on certain things that we mentioned, uh, Jason, John, and, and, and I on these calls. And it's, it's really interesting to see it because you'd expect, especially in a setting uh, like the sport industry, um, to, to meet with people, to, uh, when, I'm, when you're dealing with businesses, to go and go to their storefront or go to their clinic or go to their, their business and to just say hi to them, you know, like let, get a bit to know about your business as well as theirs um, and sort of get that face-to-face -face value. Um, but with, with these new technologies, like Brittany even said, um, it, it, it's actually helped us sort of flow from from the downfalls or the, the things that have stunted our progression uh, caused by the restrictions due to COVID-19. So um, I think it, it's a really good learning experience. Um, definitely made me more proficient with my, uh, my, my digital sort of uh, like awareness and understanding regarding like virtual meetings and stuff like that. And I think it's, it's just gonna be a big player for the future of the industry, so yeah. Awesome. And so, while technology is kind of helping you to advance and, and adapt to these changes in the, the industry and our environment, um, I think a challenge which has been for most leagues and, and teams is how do you generate revenue when you're not allowed to have fans in the stands, um, you know, concessions, things like that. So, um, in, so how have you guys um, been able to kind of generate that revenue, what kind of tactics have you been focusing on when it comes to building that fan base and building those relationships uh, with your fans? So uh, just in my, in my sort of setting, um, I'll take it back to when I was working very heavily on the single ticket callers on just sort of re-communicating re with them. Um, although I am very new to that sort of setting and, and, and sort of building CRM with, with customers and that are associated with the team. Um, I noticed that taking the call more person to person and, and just getting to know what they're feeling and, and, and how they're feeling, especially in times like this, 
where you might not know the setting or place that they're put into. Um, in regards to revenue, I think that's also a really good player as well because you want to make sure that they know that you care. You care about what's happening with them and that uh, when things all turn over and we get back to playing soccer in, 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 a, in a stadium or, or anywhere, uh, they'll be there and we'll be there for them. Uh, we'll just ready to sort of get back to things how they were as they once were. Awesome. Maybe Brittany or John, you want to jump in as well. What are your thoughts on that? Well, John's had a lot of experience um, with our new um, our new season membership product uh, with the Business Alliance, and I'll let him talk about that in a sec. Um, but you know, we'll talk about our new branding, but that has been a, a good source of revenue for us um, since we rebranded in December. So you know, new merch. So, so like, go online and check it out at yorkunitedfc.ca. Um, but um, we really have to take the long term approach. Yes clubs are in financial struggles like we can't deny that every team across this league across the country um, and across different sports is having rev significant revenue challenges um, again the cfl and the cpl do not have the tv revenue that that the larger players like the nhl has um, and so we have to be a lot more creative with our resources um, and our revenue streams. So we are taking a slightly different approach and trying to combine little bits and pieces of um, non-ticket related um, products. And so John, I think you've got a really good handle on our business alliance program that we've just uh, we've just put out in the last two weeks, actually. Yeah, for sure, Brittany, you're exactly right. Um, it's it's kind of tackling a, a season ticket problem that's been you know in every sport and every organization has this issue is you know the the value concept previously and, and traditionally has been hey buy season tickets you'll get season tickets right that's that's kind of the extent of it um and then you know you run into a, an issue where you know it's it's a poor scan rate you know less than 30 percent like that kind of thing the tickets aren't being used um so the the business alliance concept that the team has come up with is you know, you get the tickets and, and you can use them in any way you like, whether you're using those for clients, um, your staff, donating them to a charity of, of, the, of your choice. Um, a, the tickets get used, but B, um, there's almost like a, a small marketing slash sponsorship component as well, um, including, you know, in the game program, uh, an email blast to the, um, to the fans, a networking group. Stuff like that. Like the the goal of the the business alliance is to to move business reciprocally among um, business alliance members, right? So it's it's not you're being a part of the club to to just get tickets to the game. It's like you're being part of the club to grow your business, to gather new leads, um, and to to really you know find a a different community um, that you know I don't, I don't think many organizations offer. And that's something that came out of the pandemic, and I think it's gonna it's gonna continue well after. And between this package and really just the way we've termed our, our programs, that we don't call them season ticket packages anymore. They are memberships. We have 12 month payment plans. And we really try to engage our fans on a very regular basis to make them feel part of the community. And, and the more often we do that, the more consistently we do that, the more they will be engaged with us on a regular basis as well. So, while we might be facing a significant financial challenge right now, we still have to look long-term. We have to make sure that we have a long, 
lifetime value of each and every one of these fans. It's not about what's going to happen this year. It's not about what's going to happen next year. It's about, are they going to still be our fans in 5, 10, 15 years? Is the next generation going to be our fans? You know, and how do we keep them? So a short-term approach is not going to work unless you have the long-term plan ahead of you. For sure. I think that's that's so right. And I think it's also the the exclusivity too behind that, right? Like being a part of, as you were saying, like being a part of this community where you're you're just so invested into the team and um, with like-minded people as well who really enjoy the sport and want to support the team. I think that's really important. We've experienced that with some of our other clients as well, like the Toronto Six. We we do the same thing, season membership packages. Uh, we don't call them, you know, the season tickets, it's a season membership. So you kind of touched on, on this and it was uh, the rebrand of, uh, of York United. Um, so this was quite recently within the last uh, couple of months here that you guys did this. So what does this rebrand kind of mean for your organization and your fans and uh, why the switch from York 9 to York United? Well, if there's one thing I can recommend, it's not really rebranding in the middle of a pandemic when we don't have some products to offer, but we did it anyways. Um, and really the, the thoughts behind it were, were because we felt that um, it just wasn't representative of who we were or who we were trying to uh, engage with. York 9, as great of a concept as it was, when you bind yourself geographically, you tend to limit yourself. And we wanted to make sure that we were able to represent a much larger community expanding beyond New York region uh, into the GTA and further. So obviously we want to make sure that we stay grassroots and that we take care of our local fans. Um, but the, a name should never uh, restrict somebody from being a fan. And, uh, and so we changed the naming to York United because we want to expand. We want to unite all of these geographic locations, all of these different demographics, all of the, the beauty of Toronto and on Ontario in general is that there's so many different people. And we want to use that power of sports and the power of soccer to unify them and, and create a community surrounding that. And these are really our, our philosophical pillars. And the, the name change just reflects that. Um, the changes in the organization that we wanted to make, um, the, the mission and the values that we want to embody, we just felt that that naming change was, was along those same lines. And how um, did you find the response from the fans? What were the reactions from the fans to the name change? Uh, the vast majority has been quite positive. Um, you know, in along with the um, the unifying and expanding concept was that uh, the, the, some of the traditionalists uh, that were really um, keen on the York Nine and the, the Nine Stripes and things like that, it wasn't that we were killing off the York Nine brand. Um, having two years under our belt under that uh, that name just meant you were an OG, right? You were you're one of the, the original fans that that supported us right from the very beginning. And if I see York Nine in the stands when you know when we get back in there, I'll be just as happy as if they were um, on York United because it means that they've been supporting us through the 
hopefully the worst part uh, that we'll ever have to go through. And, uh, and we're appreciative of all of our fans, um, no matter, you know, no matter what their thoughts were on, on the rebrand. And at the end of the day, a name is a name. But if you believe in us and who we and who we are and what we stand for, then wear your jersey, wear, wear an Arsenal jersey for all I care. I don't care. Just come on out and enjoy yourself. Awesome. And, and how about for you, John? Because I know this was kind of your first time going through something like that, where where it's a, a rebranding of a of a team or a, a client of ours. And uh, so what, what was it kind of like for you going through that or being a part of it? It, it was a little bit like a movie. Um, the rollout and, and the the YouTube premiere that uh, that the club did was was excellent. Just the the production value was absolutely off the charts. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's it's not often that that you know as a team we get to put out something and have a live chat scrolling right uh, right beside it. So it was like real time. You're getting you know not all positive, but real time. You're getting feedback, which is really really cool to see. Um, and I think they just absolutely hit the, the brand on the, on the head. Um, the, the logo, you know, everyone's saying, oh, this looks like traditional, traditional football now, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, and it's, it's really cool to be a part of something like that. Awesome. And so I kind of want to shift gears a little bit here and, and talk about um, Cosmo's role uh, with, with York United and, and what that relationship has kind of been um, between York United um, the last year or so, I would say. Um, so maybe Ryan, John, if you want to step in here, can you tell us about um, Cosmo's role and kind of the, the services that um, we're helping to provide York United? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, very simply, um, the simplest way to put it is we're, we're trying to get more butts in seats um a, a little bit you know a little bit more in depth um we're we're there to, to provide sales support for the for the sales team and for anybody really working at, at york united um whether that's you know supporting jason and cody in in their day-to-day -day, offering advice training with carrie um and then that's also volume support with myself with evan o'connor with jordan fung with ryan lewis and ryan bird it just you know and in a in a regular season too, we'd be we'd be helping out executing on game days um, and servicing the clients that we sell and, and everything like that. So um, essentially, we're we're here to make the the ticketing process go as smoothly as possible. Make sure everybody has a, a great time at the games and keep the keep the tickets moving. Honestly. Awesome. Uh, so as we know, soccer is getting more and more popular every day in Canada. Uh, it's the fastest growing uh, support. So uh, does anyone want to chime in on this? Um, what does what role does York uh, United play in uh, the development of the sport in Canada? I don't know, Brittany, John? Well, the CPL was actually built. It was created specifically because we were the only industrialized country uh, that participated in FIFA that did not have their own national development league. So aside from that really obvious flaw in the system, um, you know, when we, uh, when we got the bid for the 2026 World Cup games, obviously we needed to have a totally stacked roster for 2026. So what better way to do that than to build our own league um, to create that homegrown talent. So with our, um, with our incredibly large um, 
plans to expand to 16 teams by the year 2026 from our current eight and the original seven. Um, and then, you know, with the acquisition of League One Ontario as a development league um, and the possibilities for like League, um, league One BC and, uh, and these other, uh, and then our, um, our youth sports um, uh, partnership, you know, so we, we do a youth sports draft for the, the um, graduating students in, uh, in soccer uh, in the soccer programs. Uh, sorry, maybe not graduating students, but anyways, they're in, they're in university. So we do have a, a professional contract with, with them um, so that we can really take charge of the Canadian talent. You know, we don't want them to go to the MLS or the USL. We don't want them to go to the USL at all. Um, we want them to stay here in Canada and see how amazing of a country um, we are and uh, in the talent that we have. We, we, um, we were built so that we could showcase that talent to the rest of the world. Um, and then to promote the, the sport, not just at a recreational level. And you can, you know, the reason why we're here is so that we can get these kids into the stadium and watch our players and dream about being able to play here and not just abroad. And uh, it's gonna be a long time coming, but but that is our, our end game, right? That's awesome. All right, so moving on to my next question. Um, the average age of your players, your Kinaida, it's, it's very young. Uh, so what are the, some of the challenges and opportunities of having a young team, um, a young team in the league? It is a challenge. Um, I mean, from a sales and service perspective, it's a little less. I mean, for those of us who have been in the ticketing world for a long time, um, the roster and the product doesn't necessarily hurt us. Um, you know, I've been in teams where we've posted losing records for years, but you know, year over year growth in stadium attendance was exponential. And it wasn't because of the product on the field. It was because of the experience that our fans had. But going back to your question, um, the, the use of our team with the average age being so young, um, we're using that to our advantage because we are going to be able to grow the, the team um, as fully as possible over the next few years. And uh, the longer a team stays together um, as its core group, the, the more cohesive they become and, uh, and, and the stronger of a team they're gonna get. So we might not be top of the table this season, which of course I hope we are, but if we're not, we're, move, we're looking beyond year one and, uh, and just really focusing on developing those, those young players. And we've got a great group of coaching staff um, with Jimmy Brennan being in the MLS um, and beyond for what, uh, you know, so he can really bring that level of professionalism and teaching these boys to be professionals. And, uh, and I really look forward to watching these young athletes develop as humans as well as athletes. Sounds great. Um, so this question um, for all of us, I guess, Brittany, John, uh, Ryan, if you guys want to answer, um, how do you think that the pandemic affects the soccer industry, both uh, in Canada and both uh, globally? Well, I get uh, a little bit 
you know, I get a little bit of anxiety when I see a lot of people in stands right now still, actually. <laughs> um, you know, I get super excited when I see that uh, the EPL is slowly letting fans in. Um, then you also look to other sports, right, and the Super Bowl, and that was a little terrifying from a health and safety perspective, but, you know, we are a lot more conservative in that, in that sense. Um, but all of the challenges that we have faced in the last 12 months has allowed us to prepare to be better, right? We're gonna provide a lot more safety to our fans and a lot more confidence. We've just uh, sent out a survey to both our season seat members um, and the, the general database that we have just on their overall sentiments about their willingness to come back into the stadium. Um, and right now, everything is hypothetical. I mean, we're still planning on coming back with fans, um, but I have seven different scenarios of, of return to play that some of them have zero fans and some of them have all the fans. So, you know, we need to plan for that. We need to have every option on the table and be able to right at this, um, the turn of like, as soon as they say go, the provincial governments and the league say go, then we are able to execute on those plans. But we can't do that without the, the specific feedback from our local fans and how willing they are to come back. Um, and then they would need the confidence in us to take that feedback, have a proper plan, and execute the things that they are most worried about. Um, you know, hand sanitizer stations, uh, social distancing protocols, in-seat food and beverage service, you know, single-use washrooms, ensuring that there's quality control is all there so that we can take the fear out and put the confidence back in. And we're dealing with this on a relatively local basis, um, but we can learn from what other countries are doing right now. Uh, Italy, New Zealand, the UK, like they're all doing this first so that we can learn from, from what they're doing and we can hopefully avoid some massive mistakes or, or having to do things over again. Absolutely. Um, and then one thing I'll add too is I think we've seen a little bit with, with the, the sports returning to play, but I think on the other side of this pandemic, it's going to change um, fans' perspective a little bit. I think there's going to be a, a lot more hunger to, to actually see live events, whether it's York United or if it's, you know, any local event, really. Um, whereas, you know, maybe in 2019, a fan might have been, might have been okay just following the game on Twitter. But, you know, maybe in 2021, 2022, it's, it's going to be, hey, you know, let's, let's get out to a game. You know, we, we need to do this. We need to support the club. We need to have a good time, um, right? Because it's been so long. Like, I, it's been March 10th, I guess, was the last time I saw a live event, which is, which is tough because there's concerts in the summer we're missing. And, you know, it's not going to just be soccer that changes. I think people are just going to have a hunger in general to get out to the bars, the concerts, um, the clubs, whatever. Um, I think it's going to, people are going to make more of an effort on the other side of this. Yeah, no, just to, to John's point, the, the game is not the important part, right? Uh, you know, I've been in, in the ticketing industry for almost 10 years. And like I said before, the product on the field is not what the majority of people come to the stadium to experience. It's about the memories that they're creating with their, with their friends, with their families. Um, you know, we always remember our first pro sports game, right? Whether we were four or five years old, or in my case, I didn't see a major league baseball game until I was 19, but I still remember it. 
And I don't remember who they played, but I remember going there with my dad and my sister. And I remember, you know, the, the, the bus trip over across the border. It was to a Detroit game. It wasn't to a Blue Jays game. <laughs> but, you know, I remember those things. And that's why we do this. Um, we can broadcast whatever we want online. We can live stream it. We can do whatever we want to promote the product, uh, to promote the game. But the experiences you can't replicate at home. And that is exactly why the minute we are allowed to sell tickets, people are going to be jumping through hoops to get them, hopefully. <laughs> For sure. And so Ryan, maybe you wanna, any final thoughts to end us off here? So just to what Brittany and John already stated, I think at the end of the day, like, like they said, the biggest thing is the fan experience. And, and putting myself in the fan shoes, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just aching at the fact that I, I get to one day go back to a game, a live sports event, and, and see, uh, especially like even with York United, um, with the plans of the upcoming season, I'm in so I'm in so much interest just to like go to one of those games and and get to be with all the other fans and see the games live. So um, I just think, yeah, it's, it's, that's a huge thing uh, for all the fans everywhere, no matter what sport. Um, COVID's really made us realize how important that live interaction and experience is. And I think that's gonna be a huge, huge player for, for the future of sport um, uh, post uh, sort of COVID and, and after everything started is, is alleviated, so. Awesome. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode here. Uh, thank you to Brittany, John, and Ryan for joining us on today's episode. Uh, once again, to talk about York United, soccer, COVID, the future, um, which, you know, with how you guys have been, have been speaking looks very bright for, for York United and uh, excited for that day that we can finally see each other in person and be back in stadium and see all those fans and cheer alongside everyone uh, for, for this, this team. Uh, it's going to be going to be great uh, when we can get to that. Um, I'm just going to kind of conclude here um, for anyone who is uh, looking to do an internship with Cosmos because the rookies podcast is really something that we do for our interns here to engage with the different clients learn about the business and the industry in which we work in. Uh, we are currently hiring for our summer semester. Um, so if you would like to apply for a position here with Cosmos, you can email me at osala at cosmosports.com or Michael Hunter at mbhunter at cosmosports.com. You can also go to the Cosmos Sports website at www.cosmosports.com and visit our internship page where you can apply and find some more information through there. I will turn it over to Brittany though. Where can, uh, where can people follow and reach York 9 or York United, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, York United is available on most of your social channels. We do not have a TikTok yet, um, we're working on it, but uh, we are very active on Instagram, especially um, at York UTDFC. And uh, all of the information that we have um, is available on our website at yorkunitedfc.ca. Um, and we encourage people to subscribe to our newsletters because that is the best way to get the information, uh, whether it's player content um, or uh, upcoming promotions, like we have our $1 ticket campaign right now going on. 
Um, so, and then the schedule, right? Um, haven't gotten a schedule yet. So all of that information does come through our emails uh, before anything else. So uh, we encourage that uh, and you can sign up to that on our website. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you once again to the three of you for being for being here. I hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed having you and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Mm -hmm.